what are you doing? I'm reversing the polarity of my ultrasonic screwdriver's power source. Reverse the polarity. Reverse, reverse, reverse the polarity. I just reversed the polarity. Welcome to The Fan and the Fool. I'm the fan, my name's Nelly, and I'm joined by... The Fool, Alex Cameron. We haven't done an episode for a couple of weeks because um, I was uh, in quarantine. Big Rhino. Well, yeah. Big yeah. Rhino hit town. Woo! Woo! <laughs> I don't know if we should say that, but it's said now. <laughs> but, uh, so I was here for two weeks and you were wearing... What is wrong with you people in, in Victoria and South Wales? Like, <laughs> seriously. Like, did you see, did you see, okay, it's not relevant, so we can cut this out if you want me to. No, did this is Did you see the thing about the engagement party? Engagement party. Was it an engagement party? Oh, the, was there an engagement party and it was like a super spreader event or something? Yeah. Yeah. What well, is wrong with Is this New South Wales or Victoria? Either one, it doesn't matter. It's all the same amalgamation of Big Rhino. Jeez. Up here in the Sunshine State, mate, we're pretty chill. We're episode four. This is episode four, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're already just like making enemies. <laughs> it's really good. Not with people, though, just whole states. Well, when you look at, like, all right, when like New South Wales was like, we should probably do a lockdown, and there's still people just outside, like, frolicking about. It's like, mm, yeah, you've got hundreds of new cases each day. Well done. Up here in Queensland, we have five <laughs> cases and we're locked down for two weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. So basically, so I was in my, That's how I was here it. for two weeks. Yeah, you were in actual quarantine. Yep. This desk that we are on with oh, these no. microphones oh, no. was what I was using to teach students. Oh, okay. So nothing to do with Big Griner. No. Okay, you're scaring me there for a second. No, no. This place has been deep cleaned. Really? No. I did I was tested negative. Oh good. Negative is good, right? Even though negative it is bad. Negative is good. Oh good. Did not have coronavirus. Okay, good. <laughs> not going to be corona. <laughs> anyway. Can we start? Yeah. Okay, so Sorry everybody. Um Episode four. Episode four. The Edge of Destruction. Two episodes of the Doctor Who classic. My favourite thing being that the second part is also called The Brink of Disaster. So yeah. both titles mean the same thing, really. <laughs> but that's okay. It's <laughs> I, also kind of a, a weird way to start after you being quarantined because of a pandemic. Edge of Destruction. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, we're back into it. I do vaguely remember when um, COVID first kicked off. There's a Torchwood episode. Torchwood is a spin-off of Doctor Who. And I was listening to a radio play of it, and it's called Outbreak. Really? And it was a virus that's gone rampant, and they had to put London into lockdown and people into quarantine. I was like, too close. Too close. Way too close. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So, as always, Mm -hmm. for the last three episodes, I've got a thing. You've got a thing here, a Doctor Who thing for me to look at. Yes. Wait, is this a... Isn't this a... Is it Doctor Who thing? Is it a Doctor oh, Who thing? I see. Well, now I know it's not because you've asked me that question. Oh, well, is it? Why don't you describe it for the viewers, listeners? Okay, so it's a photo frame, but inside is a stitching of a jacket with a red tie and glasses, but no person actually wearing... It looks like an invisible person is wearing glasses and a suit jacket and top and no pants. Ooh. What I'm kind of person would wear no pants? An invisible person. Doctor Who? I think he's always wearing pants. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, spearhead in space. Am I right, all right, people? 
It's a reference for later. I don't want to know what a spearhead <laughs> refers to, by the way, if, if he's got no pants on. Great. But, um, so you want me to guess whether this is a Doctor Who thing? Hmm. This thing. I'm going to say yes, and let me explain why. Explain yourself. I have no idea why you would own this if it wasn't, because it's really weird for you to have a half-naked invisible man in a photo frame. Do you want me to reveal? Sure. Um, my sister made this. Oh, that's cool, because it is stitched. <laughs> it's stitched. She stitched it for my birthday. Which means it must be a Doctor Who thing. It's definitely a Doctor Who yeah. thing. For those people listening, it is David Tennant's The Tenth Doctor's traditional pinstripe kind of outfit thing. Yep. And his uh, brainy specs. But in stitched form, without that's, David Tennant. So that is, I mean, I thought it was cool before, but now that it was like personally made for you, that's really cool. Yeah, she's pretty good at stuff like that. I have um, a feeling a lot of the time it's going to be, yes, this is a Doctor Who thing, because um, you own a lot of Doctor Who things. Yes, look, I know the last three have been, doc- they've all been Doctor Who so far. Yeah. There was the remote last week. I didn't have to guess that one. Because it looks like a Doctor Who, it just is a Doctor Who thing. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I showed you was like a, it was like a dalek thing or something. I can't remember. Or did we only start episode three? No, Who you knows? also showed me the the phone booth, the police box. The blue... The TARDIS. The TARDIS. Um, you're right. I have a lot of this, which is a good thing that this show is probably going to go for a while. Yeah. And also, it's either going to be this or Star Wars or some science fiction thing, or right. I might occasionally just put a Pikachu on the table and you'll be like, that's definitely not Doctor Who. <laughs> so, But we needed to fill the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, if I get to the end of the Doctor Who stuff and it just is repeatedly non-Doctor Who stuff, you know I've run out of <laughs> things to put out. You're going to have to plan it out because we're only starting, you know, 50 to 60 years before our time. There's probably going to be some times where I just put one of... There's a a set of trophies over there. I'll just put one of them here so you can just describe the trophy that I've won. Oh, I see. You just want to get some clout. I like... Yeah, I'd like like a bit of recognition for Mm -hmm. minuscule Ah, the kids call that clout. Okay. Is that what it is? It's time to be cool. What does clout stand for? It's not an acronym. C-L-O-U-T. That's just a word. It's like, you know, I'm cool, bro. I don't know what you're doing with your hands there. I'm doing like, (laughs) pretend I'm not a rapper, but I'm trying to be. Oh, okay. That's really good, man. Mm, You definitely are the fool. That was for the kids at home who know what cloud is. I don't know if kids should be listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trust me, they're not. (laughs) They're like video games. They're not going to listen to us talk about Doctor Who classic. Okay. Begin. You're ready for the episode? The yes. Edge of Destruction. We've wasted enough time. Can I tell you what the best thing about this watching the start of this episode was? Go ahead. Um, I had forgotten, because it'd been like, I don't know, two weeks since we recorded an episode. It's been a while. Um, but we played a lot of Rocket League, so that was good. Yeah. Um... And uh, by the way, if you're on the Australian servers and you see a team called Ponk, <laughs> that's us. Ponk. And whenever we score a goal, you just say Ponk. We just say Ponk. Don't um, question it. No, yes. Someone thought we were misspelling Pink, but it is Ponk. Also, let's get back on the episode. Oh, sorry. How much time have we wasted? And it's not your fault. It's both of us. It says nine minutes. <laughs> oh man, what a start. Um, okay, we're so starting the, for real now. If you're still instruction. It'd been a couple weeks. Yes. And there was that awesome, like, previously on bit, you know how they always put the few minutes in at the start? Mm-hmm. Where they all, like, fall over. 
there's a big flash of light and they're all like Whoa. after they're escaping the Daleks after they're escaping the Daleks the planet of Daleks Skaro so, oh that's what that word means I heard him say it in this episode Skaro and I forgot yeah yeah so do you want a little bit of like um like knowledge about how this episode like why this episode is in one place I think we touched on it but yes I do want to know okay so Originally, because Doctor Who, made by the BBC, Mm -hmm. was commissioned for four episodes. Okay, so that was going to be An Unearthly Child. Remember, that was four episodes? Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, partway through that, BBC was like, get us more of this thing. And so they made the Daleks, but they commissioned 13 episodes. Right. Right. So they'd made, up to this point, 11. 11, yes. So, because we also had... uh, no, wait, that's it. Unearthly Child, 3, 3. So it was 5, 3, then 3. Makes 11. He teaches math. Okay. Um, so they, they, they didn't have... two more. They need two more. Right. With, they had no money. They just had the TARDIS set. I feel them. Um, and apparently a couple of extra, like, weird, weirdly shaped chairs that they could just squeeze into this episode. And, oh, yeah, um, I know what you're talking and about. And some scissors. And, um, oh, no, not <laughs> oh man, we're going to be talking about scissors. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the main cast, cause they had the four main cast members, but they didn't really have the money to get anybody else. Even the background music that you're going to, that you heard throughout the episode, that's like, um, mood, free mood music that they could just like chuck really? in. Yeah. That's amazing. So they, they didn't have like any original music. It was just the the theme song at the start and the incidental kind of stuff throughout. Right. Um, including one of my favorite shots of favorite things of weird music and Susan just like appearing. So yeah, like a horror film, <laughs> yeah, like, like a horror psycho film. or something. <laughs> okay. But, um, I'll give you more That's things. Really cool. I'm going to give you more things in trivia. Ooh. Okay. So and I'll tell you if they're fun or not. Cause you always ask and often they're not, but let's try. One of them is a bit like, I don't know if I want to mention this. Oh, this is going to be fun then. <laughs> Go on. Well, if you never hear it while listening to this episode, it's people who cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm scared. Okay, so they all, uh, they're all on the ground. The doctor's hit his head. Um, but I didn't notice that he'd had a cut on his head, really, until they put the bandage on her. Well, they keep mentioning it, but we don't see it, I don't no. think. So Barbara was the first to wake up, mm-hmm. and she's a bit, like, dazed and confused. Hang on, we're starting the episode, not the trivia. You're this, saying that that's going to come up. That's going to come up. Oh, okay. I got confused. I thought it was going to be about someone had hit their head on purpose. Oh, no, by accident. So they were like, well, let's turn this into the episode. And that was no. going to be a trivia. No. Oh, he passed out. Let's make that the show. No, it was more, we have no money. Let's make that the episode. Yeah. Um, so this is all in one location. It's just in the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Barbara wakes up. She's like, oh, what's going on? After everyone's fallen down. Everyone's whatever. fallen down. I'm just drinking some water. Hey, you, can drink water. you can drink whatever you want. I'm listening. Um, he held it right to the microphone. Don't put that up. That's right, I can't hear you swallowing. I'm not trying to make you hear. I'm waiting for you to keep talking. You're the fan. Tell me why it's fun. So Barbara <laughs> is like, is that Ian Chesterton? You know, like she's a bit like Ian Chesterton. And then she's like... like She's kind of forgotten some things. Yeah, she's, like she's just been dazed. Space, yeah. Um, and then, uh, 
So, uh, and Susan's kind of similar. So Susan wakes up as well, and she's like, who are, what's going on here? Who are? Who are you people? That kind of thing. <laughs> Not just who are. Um, and uh, she sees the doctor on the ground, and Susan does, like, I, re- I just wonder sometimes, you know, Carolyn Ford, who is the actress who plays Susan, mm. if she just gets sick of, like, shrieking... Like, grandfather! And ah, she's just like, oh no! You mustn't touch the console! Like, it's all, it's all like, dialed up to 11. Because I, rem- <laughs> I remember you complaining about it leading up to this episode, and I was like, it hasn't been too bad. No. And now it is. It's like, yeah, I've gone all the way up. And I also think it's a weird choice. Like, she has just gone through the, the Daleks episodes, where she's kind of, like, gone from being terrified to being brave and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now she's just, like, screeching again. I did make a note because there's one scene where the doctor's on the ground. She kneels down next to him trying to wake him up and just screams in his face really loudly. Yeah. And I thought even as actors in real life, that would have been really unpleasant. Because he would have had to be lying there. In real just life. Just taking it. Just have a girl Although scream at it. William Hartnell probably wouldn't mind just lying on the ground. <laughs> Man, that... I really noticed it this episode, but we'll get into it. Um, okay, so uh, Susan, uh, Barbara's like, you should probably go get some things. Go to the like TARDIS first aid kit, basically. Mm-hmm. Get us some stuff. Barbara goes and gets... Uh, sorry, Susan goes and gets stuff. From the first aid kit. First aid kit, um, including weird bandages. And um, yeah. Ian something on, on his feet, which I thought a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. But he, the first thing he says is, you're working late tonight, Miss Wright, which yeah. is from the first episode. I didn't know if it was an exact line, but yeah, that's pretty cool. I, re- I realised it must have been him thinking now back there. So that's like, that's pretty cool because the Doctor Who definitely likes to like reference itself all the time. So it likes wow. to do some continuity and it's like... How uppity is that? Oh yeah, so there's even things in this episode where I'm like... That's that's coming up again, right? That's cool. Um, so one of them's at the very end of the episode, and uh, I'm gonna I, I can guess what it is. You're yeah, go gonna, go and guess, sir. Well, I think it's the fast return switch. I'm guessing that um, makes another. Appearance. It is the first. Re- it's the first uh, case of the fast return switch. Okay. That is pretty good. But that's not what you're talking about. That's not what I'm talking okay. about. But I have written that down. Yes. Um, so the TARDIS is pretty much. Uh, it seems has a pretty. Um, normal first aid kit is what I've written because it's just a box. Like I thought it'd be like maybe a bit spacey, but futuristic or something. Futuristic, but you know, I guess you can't fault just like a steel first aid kit in a box. Medical things don't ever improve. Hmm. You'd hope they would, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're trying to like rouse the, like get the doctor to wake up. And I thought it was interesting because one of the things he says is, "I can't take you back, Susan." He's like, mm. says that in his sleep, and I'm like, oh, that's, isn't that interesting? Okay, so you, you must know something that's going to happen, because I thought he was basically talking about taking her back to Earth, to the school that she wanted to go to at the beginning. Yeah, and look, it could just be that. But it might. But it also, like, like at this point, we haven't really heard where the Doctor is from. Right. Like, originally. They just know that all we know at this point, I mean, I know... A lot more, but uh, well, you're a fan. Oh well, what can I say? <laughs> um, and uh, we don't know where they're from. So, we, except for the fact that they've like taken this ship and they're just kind of like 
on the kind of on they seem to be on the run a little bit. Yeah. Because they're worried about being found out when they were in London. Mm-hmm. But then when they go to Scarrow, they're like, oh, by the way, we're time travellers. So Explain the whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> and I've already predicted that he's not actually her grandfather, but we'll have to wait and see. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll see. He's very satisfied with the uh, revelation of all that. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Um, I said Susan's doing a lot of uh, gasping in this episode. Yes. And she says the ship can't crash, which I think is hilarious. I've quoted it because basically all it will do for eternity is crash into things. And I feel like we've already seen it crash. Yes. Well, I don't know if we've seen it crash. We've just seen it land in places where it's not meant to. Okay, but in any other vehicle, that's a crash, right? <laughs> yeah, but no one got hurt, except they all went floppy and fell over a couple of times. No one ever lands somewhere they're not supposed to be and goes, oh, perfect. Big landing. That's a crash. But yes, I know what you're saying. It's not a like physical bang-up job. Mm. I put Carolyn Ford is getting a lot of practice of her fainting acting, because she's just faints. She yes. faints again. I'm not, I'm not a fan she of her in crash. this episode. She touches the... Uh, the console mm-hmm. and faints. Yes. So um, this kind is of has whiplash almost from it. Yes. Like this console, it's now zapped. This is like repeated zaps, by the way, because yeah, Ian yeah. got zapped in the first episode. Very first episode. And she's been zapped now, and there's more zapping to come. Okay. And so, so me is just like, is this safe? But also knowing what the TARDIS is in the current series. Mm-hmm. You kind of go, well, okay, that's interesting. Right. Which you will get to. Eventually. Eventually. But what did you think of the TARDIS? Like, do you think it's uh, like, because like, it, it was kind of like doing random stuff and the Doctor didn't know what was going on. Did you think at that point that something had come into it or did you think the TARDIS was just doing something weird on its own? You're talking about before they reveal what's going on. Mm. And also, I am the fool because you're going to have to explain to me part of the plot, which I don't think I got, and that's probably my fault. No, no, there's bits in here where I go, I don't know what's going on. Okay, good. Even as a fan. <laughs> yes. I thought something was coming in there and possessing different people at different times. I didn't think about it being involved with the ship at all. Yeah. There is a lot, there's often, like, the ship, uh, we'll call it a ship for now. That kind of goes away. But the ship... The post box. Police box. Police box. We travel around in a post box. A very small <laughs> box. <laughs> um, You've got mail. <laughs> um, but the TARDIS is definitely quite a mysterious thing. And I thought it was quite... Later on, the Doctor says, you know, it's just a machine. It can't think. Right. Or at least it doesn't think in the way that you and I do. He's talking to Ian, I think. Yeah. Um... Which is interesting because, like, this is a this is a recurring thing. Like, is this thing living? Is it, you know, um, how does it work? Uh, and that comes up a lot more. But I just thought it was interesting that, like, at this point, he's essentially stolen this box, right. and he doesn't seem to fully comprehend just yet that it's there's more going on in it than just being a machine. Hang on, did you just reveal something by mistake to me? No. Okay. I didn't stolen it. I didn't know that. Well, I think he says in it that he's... I think he said in the previous episode that they've taken it and he's he's not exactly sure how to fly it properly. Vaguely. Because Ian was like, you don't know how this goes back home. And he's like, oh, maybe I don't. True. (laughs) So, 
But can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is there a massive reveal at some point in the show's history about the TARDIS in that way, or is it always kind of a mystery? I'm going to say it's always a mystery. Okay. But you definitely find out more about it. Right. Mm. I mean, this is kind of hinting at that. Particularly in... Uh, you have to wait a long time. But there's a Matt Smith episode. The 11th Doctor has an episode where it's like peak, like learn about all this stuff. Right, okay. Yeah, and the 9th Doctor has one that's pretty close too. Well, we've got a ways to I'm go. Just tapping my nose. To nobody. <laughs> just, I don't know what you're talking I'm the fool. I don't know what's going on. Um, so put, there's some force inside the TARDIS because they talk about, um, you know, within the console, there's an energy source. Right, right. Um, and I thought it was very interesting that, like, at this point, um, this is before, like, um, Susan goes all stabby. We're going to get to that. <laughs> we are. Um, also, how not to take a knife off a person who's got it. We'll talk about that. Maybe you know, just lunge in for a knife? Well, okay, well, okay... It's not a knife, by the way. It's a pair it's of scissors. scissors. It's a lot safer than just a knife. Okay, but if someone is standing right, yeah, overhand as if they're going to stab down at you with the scissors, mm-hmm. do you do like Ian Chesterton and put your hands palm up underneath it? Because he's asking for the scissors. Yeah, but he's saying, give me the scissors, but he's putting his arm there to be stabbed. Because if, sta- if she stabs him with the scissors, they're in his hand. And he has the scissors. Oh, <laughs> obviously. Sense. I just thought that was... There's easier ways to disarm a young lady who's trying to stab you other than put your hand where the scissors go. The so this must be... Um, his notes. Yeah, no, I'm just looking for where I've got that she does the stabbing. It's pretty early. I think it's going to be yeah. early in your notes. So I think that... Because Barbara... Um, she doesn't actually stab anyone. No. No, you're correct. She comes close. I just have... I find it really funny that... Like, they take the scissors... The scissors get taken off her. And then she just gets them again. Yeah. I thought that was pretty Where funny. Where are all these scissors coming from? Like, she really... So, what happens is... She uh, is seemingly, like, having a bit of a... Seems to be maybe she's possessed by something. That's why I thought it was that. And Barbara actually says something like, like she's obviously Barbara's obviously learning from the fact that they've travelled through time and space now, because she's like something could have gone in, and it doesn't. You know, it might not be like a man or like anything that we would comprehend. Because she's yeah. like, oh, this random stuff has happened. So I think that's kind of interesting. Like she's like, you know, we've seen Daleks now, and we've seen. Weird cavemen. Yeah. And so... She's seen so much, she's just fully on board. Yeah. Yeah. And Ian's just like... like he's, he's not he's not completely dismissive. The Doctor's very dismissive of it. Just in general. Yeah. But Ian's just like, oh, yeah, I guess. Um, but this is where... Um, so Susan has the scissors. Mm-hmm. And she um, has... Like, she goes a bit crazy... Yeah. And she is going to, like... Like, she had fainted. And Ian's, like, carried her to her bed. Yeah. And she has the scissors. And she, like, 
stabs the chair thing that she's on, Hanks? Yeah, this is after he presents his hand too, I think. Yeah. And then she's just suddenly stabbing a chair that's near... One of those weird chairs that's near them. Yeah. In kind of like... Imagine Psycho, the famous scene with the shower and the stabbing. It's that sort of thing at the chair. And I thought it was actually really interesting. Mm. I think it was interesting because (laughs) like... You're like... "Mm," Like... They're talking about... Like they've gone from... Cavemen who want to make fire. Yeah. Um, mutated, uh, like humanoid, human thing, humans who are now living inside Dalek casings. <laughs> and, um, now they're going to like people being possessed by things. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, that, how that will come up again. So you can kind of see where the beginnings of things come from. Right. But, uh, this whole season really does set up a lot of things that I'm guessing reoccur. Yeah. It's not just think, a random strew of storylines. I think they do like a classic, like it's the first season of a thing. Yeah. So it's just a smattering of ideas and then they go, oh, people like these things. So we'll keep those things mm-hmm. and then we'll just repeat them in the next season. And the things that people didn't like will replace those episodes with new things and right. see if they stick. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she stabs a chair real good <laughs> and she passes out again. Like she has like a bit of a, she does a, like a screech again and then Ian has the scissors off her. And that's when, that's right. That's when they go out and he, that's when Barbara has that little talk about how she thinks it could be something else that's made it inside. Yeah. And there is a lot of talking in this episode. Well, yeah, they can't travel anywhere. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting, too, because it's like, there's no big bad, mm-hmm. um, seemingly, and right. um, these four people have just had, like, two quite full-on adventures in a row, but they haven't really gotten to know each other super well, Yeah, and now they're just talking to each other constantly. So, um, and the Doctor being... I think there's a really good moment where Barbara's like, what are you accusing us for? We literally just went through these things and, like, saved you <laughs> twice. Yeah. So, yeah. What's wrong with you? Um, he, sorry. You I don't know. know if it's him. Well, did you notice, I've been saying to you that there's different parts in those previous episodes where he's looking at the camera as if to make a point, like breaking the fourth wall mm. as a doctor. Mm. I don't think it's that anymore. I think it's just he doesn't know what he's doing because he probably does it 12 times in these two episodes. He's constantly near, near, like, stands close to the camera and does, like, a little, like, eye side-to-side kind of thing. So, yeah, he kind of... That kills it for me because I thought it was a cool, like, ooh. He knows he's being watched by you, the viewer. Whereas now it's like... Um, oh, there's a camera there. He's just I'll a crazy acting. person. Yeah. Yeah. Also... How many times... Okay, these are the different lines that he got wrong. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Sorry. There's a huge number. You got them? There's even one that... I haven't got the number. So, if you want to roll through what you picked up... Well, uh, sorry. This is from two episodes. The two episodes. Yeah. You knocked both Susan and I unconscious. Mm. Took him about 12 seconds to say as he kept repeating words. He said he did get jumbled up there. Yes. He often... They often it sounded have, like he was drunk, and I'm not saying he was. That's how it sounded. Yeah, I don't think he was drunk. I think he was just... He's, he With fame. Drunk with fame. Uh, 
It means the ship is at the point of disintegration. That was a doctor look. Mm. And a little bit of a stumbly words. I don't think... Um, I think... There was also another time when he says the brink of uh, destruction. destruction. Yeah, but I think he was one. supposed to aim for the brink of disaster. Oh, man. Because it's the edge of destruction and the brink of disaster. Because you did touch on this, hey, that... He... He had said As an um, actor, right? that he didn't like. I've got the thing here. Yeah, read so it. Um, you do notice it when you watch the episodes. So, William Hartnell initially complained about the script due to the number of lines, mm-hmm. and Caroline Ford was skeptical of the characters appearing mad without any discernible reason. So that's the Doctor and Susan both being like, mm. but. Uh, oh, he also says, don't underestimate my powers, young lady. But it also takes him about 12 to 15 seconds to say. Yeah, and I think William Hartnell... No, like, nothing against him, because he's he's a, quite a revered actor. Like, I figured, because he's, like, the start of this new show. Yeah. The main guy. But he... I don't think he was keen to, like, do many takes of this either. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, he was a bit like, I've said it. You know, like, it's done. And they're like, but you said underestimate four times. I Are do, you sure? I do think he... You know how I said there was that point where he got Ian's name wrong earlier? Yes. I think that just... They just wrote it into the thing like, he gets Ian's name wrong. But I think that was more because William Hartnell was like, it's close enough. <laughs> well, I think it has become a joke within the show because at the end of the second episode, he calls him Chartow. Yes. And I watch it with the subtitles, and his name is spelled C-H-A-R-T-O-W. <laughs> How is that close to Chesterton? Well, you know, sometimes you just want to... I, I, I refuse to believe he got it that wrong. That has to be part of the ongoing joke now, right? Yeah, probably. Otherwise, he probably in deep trouble. I mean, yeah. He, he just didn't like doing a lot of talking, which I guess, if you're an actor who's playing the Doctor, I mean, the Doctor is prone to, like... Who? Um, lots of speeches. True. You know, like... Not yet, which is thankful enough, because <laughs> he can't speak. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel bad for him, but yes. But yes. He's for, I, I, I don't mind him as an actor, but you're not supposed to look at the camera unless it's intentional. And you should be able to say words. That's your whole job. Oh, um, cool. Sorry, I found something else for later. Okay. But I'll save it for more trivia. Ooh, tension. Ooh. Um, so I've got the Doctor said... Uh, so I've, the Doctor and Susan reference adventures to other planets in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what he... The name of it is Quinnis? I don't you know remember how the, that. Okay so, okay, so you know how Susan's unconscious. She just went all stabby. And they... they they move into the console room and the doctor's talking about, you know, trying to fix whatever's wrong. And um, Barbara's all like, you know, something could have come in, but where would it go and where would it hide or whatever? And Susan kind of like, there's that weird music, mm-hmm. like horror music. Yeah. And then Susan's suddenly there and she's like, it could be in one of us or whatever. Yes. You know that bit? Yes. Um, but then the doctor, like, the images start coming up on the screen where it's, like, yeah. places that they've been. Mm-hmm. And in that, um, Susan mentions Quinnis 
as like a location oh, okay. that they've been to, that her and the Doctor have been to in their travels. So I thought that was interesting. It's like, okay, so they've actually been around before. before. Yeah. Which also makes me annoyed that Susan seems so terrified of everything. Because you've seen other things. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the bar- that the Barbara does a really good job staying up to the Doctor. The Barbara does do a good job. Yeah. He's all like, now I know what's going on here. You two have sabotaged my ship. And she's like, hey, excuse me? And now, I could not tell if this, this was him as the Doctor or him as... The actor. Who's just like, no, no. I like my show, you two as the my thunder. <laughs> No, <laughs> I did not know whether it was the doctor actually thinking that or whether he's going crazy because he's possessed. Because it seemed really odd that all of a sudden he was accusing them of doing things. Yeah, but this doctor seems very erratic. Like, he's like, why well, wouldn't He's like, we got to work together and help people. And the next minute he's yeah. like, get out of my, get that, get out of my ship. I'm throwing you into space. <laughs> underestimate, underestimate, underestimate. You know, he keeps repeating his words. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Erratic. But that's probably because he can't speak properly. I did find... This is towards the end of the first episode of the two. Yes. I did find it really weird that the episode ends with everyone really angry at the Doctor. Mm. Susan's the one that's been stabbing things. Yeah. No one cares anymore. They're just angry that he said a few mean things. Yeah, and he does a a weird thing where he's like... Look, I'm not saying... Because I really like Doctor Who... Mm-hmm. But if someone was, like, being really rude to me, and then I gave them a bit of, like, a, you know, a comeback, and we're like, no, no, you suck. Um, oh, big words. <laughs> uh, and then there was suddenly, they didn't apologize, but they're like, you know what, let's have a drink. I'd be a bit like, hmm. You know, like, were they not that suspicious? I know Ian does pick up on it. But oh, Barbara okay. is just I've like, just realised you're not giving me an analogy. You're talking about how the episode ends with a T. Yeah. I thought you were giving me The doctor just walks in and he's like, you know what? we got to work together on this. <laughs> Have a drink. He has some tea. Did he say tea or did it look like tea? I thought he said I think tea. he said a nightcap. Yeah, so I think it, it might have been alcohol. Right. Um, that would which, by the way, Susan. Did he give that to Susan? I can't... Or might, would, there, would there be something different in her cup? Because I feel like she's only like 16 or something, 15. I don't know what, how old she's. I this. don't even want to go there. But he's just like, have a nightcap. <laughs> he was creepy. But yeah, that's the other thing. So I put it here, ends with a bit of creepiness from the doctor. <laughs> because he... So they've all like gone to sleep. Susan's like... Um, my grandfather... I think we skipped over the part where Susan had the scissors again. But, you know... Her and those scissors, I tell you what. But um, she's saying to Barbara, look, uh, can you just forgive my grandfather? She's like, oh, we should go to sleep. So they go to sleep, and they're out for the count because the doctor has... The doctor's drugged them, like, basically. That's what I took from So he mentions later that it was like a, like a sleeping thing. Just making sure we've been recording. Um, a sleeping thing. <laughs> a mild sedative of some kind. Yeah, um, alcohol. Yeah. And so um, he goes to see Ian. Like, the way he like checks to see they're asleep. And obviously he's just pleased that his plan has been successful. But the look of him is just like, yes, they're all asleep. And it's like, 
Sleep, children. That's not right. This isn't right. This isn't the doctor. What are you doing? <laughs> it's also he creepy. Hit his, he hit his head very hard. So I guess that doesn't make it okay. Yeah, yeah, no. It it's also creepy in the fact that if the police ever found them, who did this to you? We never knew his name. His name was just the doctor. The doctor. Who? Doctor Who. Exactly. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. See, so he's creepy. And so he goes to the TARDIS and he's all like... He goes back into the main room. So they're all asleep and he's a bit like, time to sort out this stuff. And suddenly, his hands are around his throat. Yes. Did you... You've seen it before, but the first time you saw it, did you know exactly who it was? I, um... Well, I thought it would be Ian. Yeah. It looked like Ian's hands. Yeah. Not that I took much notice of his hands. Well, the first time I... At the end of the episode, I thought... He could be possessed, though. I thought that. True. I thought it was someone else, and maybe that's who's been doing things to them. And then as soon as the second one was starting, the second episode, I thought, it's just Ian. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and then Ian has, like, a weird, really weird, like... I, like... He stares at his hands a lot. He stares at his hands a lot. He does... I mean, William Russell, the actor who plays Ian, mm. he's, he is very good at staring. You know, like... He does a lot of those, like, uh, like that looks really interesting over there. You know what I mean? Like, previous episodes. The soap, soap proper acting, where you look off in the distance. Yeah. And someone says, like, I've been having an affair. Even in, like, the one where, you know how they had to jump across that cliff with the rope? Inside the cave, Inside yeah. the cave, and he's like, we have to make it over there. And you're like, oh, that's, he's quite good at looking, making something look interesting or something that looks look far away. Yeah. Something that's not there. He's really good at looking at things that aren't there, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. So what you're saying is he would have been perfect in any of the new Star Wars films, <laughs> yeah. where they were just working with CGI and it was blank walls, and all the actors said, this was horrible. Yeah, my favourite thing, um, speaking of CGI things, is when, um, do you know Ian McKellen in yes. um, The Hobbit? And there was that interview where he was just like, he had had like a break, uh, not a breakdown, but he had the, he was like... Like, it's not like Lord of the Rings. There's just nothing around. Is this acting? What am I doing here? It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so, yeah. So, um, and then he kind of, like, falls backwards. And he's all like, ah. He does... Uh, he's uh, all another, like thing, uh, another thing he's good at, falling down. That yep. actor. Very good at falling down. He is. And he, looking dazed. That was good too. In the 60s, that's all you needed to be as an actor. Falling down well and being dazed. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh... Uh-oh. So, Ian is overcome like Susan. Um, Susan enters with terrifying music. Because she does. She does. And then I, um, Ian says... Um, so, the, doc- the doctor's all like, I see what you've done. You're like trying to mess with my ship or whatever and he talks about the um like because the controls have zapped and like the controls Ian's like the controls are alive right that's a quote so you see starting to be like oh okay like maybe that's not something possessing them maybe it's just the ship doing weird things yeah so um I've got William Hartnell gets tongue tied again uh I think that's the one where you said uh, brink of whatever destruction. Yeah. 
Um, because the TARDIS does the thing where it goes really high haywire, the console thing moves up and down, and the screen goes white and black. Yeah. And I actually thought that for the time that would have been quite a good visual effect. Yeah, the image of space. Yeah. You talk about that image. I was talking more about the TARDIS, um, like, yeah, going really bright. So they had the oh, yeah. images of uh, London and... Was it London? England or whatever. Somewhere in England. England and then a planet and then, like, a moon and then, like, the moon but further away and then, like, a solar system. I think the doc- I think the Doctor even says later it's the moon but, like, further away. Right. Our, our moon. Just to make away. it clear to the viewers, that's what yeah. it's supposed to be. <laughs> and then the... the a solar system, and then everything goes, like, yeah, it goes really bright. Um, it was cool for the time. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, so the power source in the col- column, and the Doctor says, like, the power source is inside the console, and if the column, like, comes off, it gets released. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. As if too. it's, like, a big finger holding down the power switch or something. Yeah. Yeah. So what do what what'd you think of, like... Like, at this point, were you like, it's definitely something, someone possessing them, or is the TARDIS doing weird stuff? Yeah, well, I thought the TARDIS was broken or something. Mm. I, I knew by that point that no one was possessing them, because I think if that was going to be the storyline, when episode two starts and the Doctor has his hands around his throat, mm. it would be that thing or that person. Yeah. So by that time, I figured it's something to do with the ship. I'm glad Susan was like, no, it's not them. You know, like... Because the Doctor's all like, it's their fault. And Susan's like, actually... Also, by the way, I tried to stab someone with scissors before. But now I'm friends again. <laughs> now we're friends again. Um, I don't feel like that... Well, hang on, we'll, we'll get to it. Sorry, let's keep going. Are we getting to later? Where we... I don't know what was supposed to have happened. Okay, so... At this point... Yes. Um, there's like one spot... That you can stand on, on the floor, and touch the controls, and it doesn't zap you. Mm-hmm. Because that comes up. I don't know if you picked up on that. Yeah, they yeah. said that there was one particular spot they could stand in. Which I thought was interesting, because that is, a, that is a recurring thing. Like, even the places you stand in the TARDIS affect how the controls do stuff. Really? Yeah. I see. So, um... I thought that might have just been a one-off thing, but there you go. Yeah, so, um... There's that... Um, so it's standing in one spot and all that, you know, the thing, the world doesn't end. But then the doctor and Barb, like Barbara has like a theory about what's going on. Like they, they have a, there's a couple of weird moments. Yes. They all stare at a clock uh, and time is taken away from them, but given back to them. Which is what Barbara said. Barbara says that like, yeah, because their watches all go weird. And Barbara throws her watch away. Freaked out. Freaks out, throws her watch away, and Ian's all like, oh, I can't see the time or whatever, because there's lots of blurry screens and stuff going on. Right. And there's a big metal clock thing inside the TARDIS. But I have to be honest, I was watching it, and I was like, the four of them are just screaming at a clock. (laughs) Yeah. Because I didn't didn't notice what was happening. (laughs) There was just... incidental music like like scary music they were all staring at a clock and then they all like screamed the doctor didn't scream 
I was really prepared for them to be a monster because of how they're reacting. Like you starting said. to come out of it because bit. well, yeah, the camera's focused on them as a group. You're watching them freak out, looking at something. You're like, oh no, what are they looking at? And then it's a clock. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking. I was like, what? And look, I now I know that there's going to be some fan who's listening to this who's like screaming into their headphones about what was actually happening. Also, you shouldn't scream into headphones; they're just for listening. Yeah, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. But if it's on YouTube. Can you like or dislike? Doesn't matter. Just just like. No just, dislikes. We still get the um what's it called? The any, engagement any stuff. Publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Comment. Tell us your theory. I won't read it. Um I will. <laughs> because I don't think this episode makes sense and I'm sorry if that offends people. I, so that's why I'm want, asking you. Because I've got the wiki open. So I'm just gonna tell you what it says Barbara has deduced. Because to me, Barbara was like, "Go on. This is what's happening. Time was taken away from us and then given to us. The TARDIS is trying to warn us of the thing, maybe. Yeah. And it's like showing us things that are good. And then was like, bad is going to happen. Then it goes a bit haywire. Like it's trying to tell us something's wrong. Right. And they do figure out what's wrong. They figure out that the fast returns, which which is the doctor compressed. didn't mention last episode, he's which by the way, having gone to caveman land, that button point would have been quite handy to just fast return back to like London, wouldn't it? To decided not to push that button, decided to fly to Scarry. I know they didn't want to go back. Right. But now what? He's just pushed he decided to push it now. So they left the down, the left scar, right? Yeah. He pushes the fast return switch, which to me sounds like it goes back to the last place you were in. See, I misunderstood. Are you going back to Caveman Land instead? That's a good point. I misunderstood, and I thought it meant returning back in time. So it was just the fastest way possible to go back in time. You see? That's why they keep ending up back in time. Because the... the the Doctor eventually has this big speech about how he thinks that they're right at the beginning of the creation of these this particular solar system. That's correct, yes, he so says that. That's why I think it's fast return as in return to the beginning of time. Yeah, but I think the thing is, like, you'd push that button, but because it got stuck down, it just kept going further and further backwards. Is that right? That's what I thought was okay. what I'm trying to say. And I say trying to say... Not just say, because I don't think this episode makes sense. The storyline. The fast return lever was a component of the TARDIS that returned the vessel either back through time or to a previous location in space and time. So it's either. There you go. So it's a gamble. You're hoping it takes you back to the last location, but it could take you back to the beginning of civilization. The first Doctor used his fast return switch in an attempt to return Ian and Cheston and Barbara to 1963. However, the spring and the switch became stuck. So that's what's happened in this episode. So he pushed the button right, okay. to return because, okay, actually it's, it's kind of coming back to me because he says they went to caveman times and then they went to the future. So he confirms that the Daleks episode that is indeed in the oh, future. Okay. I didn't notice that. And then, um, so he's p- pressed the fast returns, which I assume now to go back from Scaro to London in 1963. Right. But instead it just got stuck down. 
So it went further back. And it just kept looping. Because it, it, the, the, the image comes up on the screen more than once. Yeah, absolutely. So I assume it's kind of stuck in this loop. Oh, man. Okay. Whew. That was weird. I have a couple of other points about that episode, though. I don't... Yeah. No, I was going to say, I don't mind the uh, the all-in-one-place kind of thing, though. No, I like it. I like it not just in this episode. I like it as a concept for different movies and TV shows. Yeah. Like um, Phone Booth. That movie, yeah, with a guy in a phone booth. Yes, um, saw the first one in the room. Is it Farrell? Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell and Kiefer Sutherland. Spoilers. It's not. It's not a spoiler. You don't know it's him until the last ten seconds. It's of his the film. voice. It sounds I like Kiefer Sutherland. I watched. You it can't impersonate Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, he sounds watched, like Kiefer Sutherland. I watched it when I didn't know who he was, so I was like, "Oh, that's the bad guy." I'd never heard his voice. Uh, anyway, yep. it's a cool concept, and, and I like seeing movie. it being used in different TV shows and movies oh. where it's all in one spot. Yeah, well, that does it does occur again. It does in the TARDIS or in a different spot? Uh, not always in the TARDIS, right? Um, in fact, the Twelfth Doctor has a very good episode, so look forward to that. I will. I'll try to remember to look forward to it in Eleven <laughs> Doctors' time, <laughs> which I don't even know how many episodes time that is. <laughs> Um, so, Barbara deduces that the strange events are an attempt by the TARDIS to warn them. Yep, we did that. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was also interesting, just before we get to, like, the end bit. Um, so, the Doctor's like, we got ten minutes. And so, he's, uh, you're, like, already ready to roll your this eyes. This is one of the points. <laughs> so, <it's really> <laughs> this is one of the points I wanted to bring up, but you continue, because so you were pleased about it. The Doctor's like... We got ten minutes, and then the TARDIS will disintegrate or destruct or whatever. Ten minutes to live. Ten minutes to live, and he goes, "You, Barbara and Susan, can you go stand by the door and let me know what you see? I'm going to open the doors or whatever." And then Let's he's just like, "Open the doors to our destruction." And he's like, "Get over here, Ian." He's like, "I lied to them. We don't have ten minutes. We have five minutes. <laughs> I just don't want them to, to like. I just want them to like. It will just be over quick, and I don't want them to like." See it coming. Yeah, so they're unaware of it. Great, <laughs> great, 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 isn't it? So, because it's not like you're like, oh, we've got 10 years, but it's actually five minutes. You know, like, you have told them, like, ten, the difference between 10 and five minutes to me, if someone said to me, you've got 10 minutes to live, and then, you know, um, I was like, good, 10 minutes. I could do it loads in 10 minutes. Yeah. And then they go away and they're like, I just couldn't tell them it's five minutes. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like That's exactly what my point was going to be. What is the difference? Yeah. Five minutes or ten minutes till total destruction yeah. of your life. So, well done, Doctor. He thought he was doing some heroic thing. All he's done is waste five minutes. Even the way he said it to Ian, he was like, I'm so relieved. I've just told them it's ten minutes, but it's actually five. Like, as if he solved the entire problem. And then Susan's like, "What are you two talking about?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing. Oh, I just have a theory. It might not work out." And then the doctor's oh, yeah. like, "Oh, it's this switch." Now this is this will come up again, like this the kind five of episode. And ten minutes. No, no, not this. Okay, like, good. The writing that, does improve. Was, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, jeez. Oh, my only last point was Susan was really annoying this episode. Yes. I just wanted to mention that again. That's also a recurring Worth thing. saying it again, but sorry, you continue. Um, that a big world-ending thing, or TARDIS-ending thing, or like a, a big problem 
has actually quite a insignificant has been caused by something that seems quite insignificant. Right. Okay. You know, like this is just literally a button is stuck, <laughs> and it almost got them all killed. You know what I mean? Right. So that that's a theme. That's a theme. It's not. It's not like it's not like every episode, but it's like that kind of stuff can come up every now and then where it's like they got me again. Got, oh my gosh, I can't. We almost. Uh, it was just mis. We misread a sign. And now we almost killed everyone. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Right. So, um, um, that sounds like you're referring to a specific episode. I tried to say reads a sign because I know that's definitely not a thing that's happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> to save it. That's good. Um, so, yeah. Oh, but then they're all, they're all good mates after that. All of a sudden, they're besties. Yeah. And uh, not Susan. What's the name of the lady? Barbara. Barbara and the Doctor have like a very nice, friendly... They make up and are friends again, kind of a conversation. Yeah. By the way, he still doesn't really apologize, so. No. You know, like, it's one of those apologies where it's like, I guess, I guess we're all at fault. <laughs> even, uh. Um, Put on this jacket, let's get out of here. <laughs> even Ian knows, he says, don't, don't bother apologizing. They just don't even expect him to. Anymore. Yeah, they kind of, I guess that's the good thing about the end, the last bit of this episode is they now kind of all understand each other. Mm-hmm. So they go, this madman, he doesn't really know what's going on, but, you know, <laughs> he's showing us space and time, so I guess he's all right. All it took was traveling to the beginning of time and almost completely destroying everything that we know about yeah. humanity. Uh, another recurring thing. So Ian puts on a jacket. Yeah, what was that? So it's a big jacket. I wouldn't wear such a big jacket. It looks like a dress. Um, but the coat that Doctor gives him... Is from Gilbert and Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that reference? I did, and I was going to ask you about it. Okay, ask me. What is that? Who are they? They're like a famous... Um, I'm going to click on their name here so I give you like the right answer, because otherwise someone will... Oh, so it's not a Doctor Who reference. No, they're real-life people. They're musicians. Oh. So, um... I didn't know that. So, the Doctor often has things from His famous, people, famous people. Oh, that makes sense. So... Who are they? They were human musicians. The only thing, this is from the task wiki, they've got two sentences in the entry. You ready? Oh, hang on. So not from real life. No, they're real. They're real people. But but in real life, we don't call people human musicians. Yeah, because this is the TARDIS wiki. Okay. So it means in the context of the Doctor <laughs> Who TV <laughs> show, they were human musicians. That's really bizarre. The way you explained it to me, go on. Um, The Doctor claimed that they once gave him an Ulster coat, which he in turn lent to Ian. Right. So, yeah. Fun trivia. Fun trivia. Oh, you want some fun trivia? Well, hang on. The last thing Fun trivia. Here it comes. Before before we get to trivia. Here comes the trivia. Hey, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Yes, go. Before we get to the trivia... After they had, or they're all happy, fun times, having a party, let's leave the ship and explore the snow. Oh, the snow. They find a big footprint that they say looks like belongs to a giant. Now. That's how it ends. Now, I haven't seen the next series. I haven't seen the next set of episodes. Right. Um, it's called Marco Polo, I think. Right. But I hope that's a Yeti. I think it is, because I think that's going to, it's going to be easy to find... In 1963, when you're filming a sci-fi show, a big woolly costume, then trying to figure out how to make someone look like a giant. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. 
So that's what it's going to be. It's going to it's be, gonna be like a Wampa. Like, what's the thing oh, from you know from Star Wars? The, excuse me. The the big creature that got the uh, that got Luke in the ice cavern. I, I don't know, but do you know what Star Wars? I yeah, but I don't know that much detail. That's Empire Strikes Back. That's the start of the the, the second movie. When did that come out? Nineteen seventy something. About twenty years before I was born. Same. Yeah, but I didn't know it was you were born a, a year earlier than me. I didn't know it was called a Wampa. Isn't it called a Wampa? Sounds like something from... Call in and let us know what it's Worms called. Worms 3D, when you're shooting each other, here comes the Wampa. You mean like a banana grenade? Yeah. I'll defend with the Wampa. Anyway, it could be a Wampa, is what you're saying. Um, yeah, it could be a Wampa. Okay, any, anyway. Time for trivia. Alright. Fun trivia, please. So, um, the, there's something in here that um, I didn't really talk about, which I, I regret... With the fault indicator. Oh, yeah, that was actually a huge part of the plot that we just completely yes. skipped over. So it's part of the TARDIS that <laughs> detects where there's a fault. Now, um... Are you telling me it indicates where the fault is, the fault indicator? Yeah, and now I had forgotten this completely because I swear he says it twice, but this says he only says it once, so I have to go... I don't want to go back and listen to it. I think they talk about it a couple of times. He, William Hartnell, mispronounces it. Oh. But he does it on purpose. Because he says, this is your first bit of trivia, William Hartnell decided to play a joke on the cast, who often teased him when he messed up his lines. Nice, isn't it? We've got this, we've got this elderly, I think he was like 57, so he's not actually super old. That's not elderly. But at that time... Like, look at what, him. What, people are dying at yeah, 60? Yeah, look at him. He looks, he looks like an old man. He doesn't look 57. No. He looks 87. And so, um, and he he's forgetting his lines, and they're like, oh, you can't do this job properly, and he's been acting since forever. But um, And it looks like it. So it's supposed to be the fault locator, sorry. Fault, fault locator. I, I said indicator. Fault locator. Right. But he says the fornicator. Really? Yeah, I heard him say it, and it's in here, and I was like, you shouldn't say that. Oh, is this the trivia you didn't want to share? Yeah. Okay, I did not even, I watched it, I didn't even hear him say it. I think because I'm watching the, the subtitles, I don't think it's in the subtitles. They probably wouldn't put that in the They put Fault Indicator, I'm pretty sure. Fault Locator. Locator. <laughs> well, I didn't hear him <laughs> say it, but jeez. And they left it in. They left it in? Because he's I like, I'm not doing this again. I, w- I, <laughs> I was actually writing notes, and I didn't. I couldn't hear what he was calling it the first couple times he said it. And I didn't want to write that down. I was just like, he definitely said that, but that can't be what it's called. <laughs> and then I think Susan calls it the fault locator. And right. I was like, oh, yeah. Whew. <laughs> um... So, oh, uh, originally, just this is a fun fact, um, Barbara and Ian were both supposed to come up with the um, idea that the TARDIS was warning them about something, mm-hmm. as opposed to Barbara coming up with it on her own. Okay. So, yeah. They were like, oh, but we should give Barbara her moment to, like, do her thing. Because Ian is pretty useless in this episode. Well, he fell over. He tried to strangle someone and then fell backwards and then couldn't get up. Meanwhile... You're going to have to help me up, Barbara. Barbara You're going to have to help me up. He says that twice. <laughs> oh, the other guys. Quick, check the fornicator. 
And then Barbara's like, hang on, I've worked it out. It's taking time away from us, <laughs> but it's giving it back to us because it's warning us of when there's going to be a good time, there's also going to be followed by a bad time. And then don't touch the console. You have to stand on this side of the room. Why does Susan have scissors? Twice. What is with Twice. this episode? I'm glad, that, I'm glad that Barbara picked up that. Okay, so when Susan's lying down and Barbara's like, I don't know, she's doing something at a desk. And Susan gets out and Barbara's, Barbara doesn't even turn around, but she says, give me the scissors, Susan. So she knows, like, she's not an idiot. Like, she's she's figured it out. Right. So I liked that. Like, she wasn't just like, you know, she understood that Susan had taken the scissors back. But why did you leave the scissors, scissors alone? I don't understand. Um, this episode cost two and a half thousand um, pounds. Is that just the salary? Of the actors? I think that could be correct. But you also cameraman and all that kind of stuff. And scissors. Yeah, scissors are expensive. Um, this is one of the first... That would have been new technology at that time. This is... Uh, sorry, Verity Lambert, who's the producer of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. the first season, um, had to write a letter of apology after the BBC's children's department made it known they felt it was un- an unwise decision to show Susan acting out so violently with a pair of scissors. Wow. Imagine if they saw the things that come out. <laughs> That's right. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm thinking even like current Doctor Who. Is there stuff? There's stuff where, um, you know, like people get possessed and it's all like they do. It's never, it's because Doctor Who is always like rated PG. Cause it's like a family show. Right. But there's often like, it's supposed to be scary stuff in it mm-hmm. like you know the Daleks weren't supposed to be like like we might not think they're that terrifying now particularly the three that would just like blow up cardboard cutouts or something <laughs> but they, they were supposed to be terrifying yeah so yes I can imagine this stuff now and don't even get me started on Torchwood well I won't because I don't know what that is it's a spin off but so it's just two words put together man. so Doctor Who Torch and Wood in in recent, more recent Doctor Who yeah. had two spin-offs, two main spin-offs. There's been more, but um, there's the main show, the family show that's Doctor Who, and then there's a show called Torchwood, which is supposed to be like sci-fi stuff. It's in the same universe as Doctor Who, but for adults. Oh, okay. So, um, but they reference each other. They reference each other, and characters from Torchwood do appear in Doctor Who. Right. But the Doctor never appears in Torchwood because that's not right. Okay. It's not right, man. <laughs> and then the third show is called The Sarah Jane Adventures, which is like a kid's show. Right. But it's also in the Doctor Who universe. And that's a recent one as well? That's a recent one. And the Doctor does show up in that show sometimes. Right. So if we've got like spare time at some point... Oh, we're doing it when we get to that point. We should, yeah. Because there's... I know this is a bit off topic, but... When we get there, when those two other shows start, they run parallel to the Doctor Who show. So, like, events in Uh, each of them affect the others. So, when we get to that point, should we watch, like, along all the series at once to to get the full story that we can talk about? Yeah. I have a feeling you won't like Torchwood, though. I very much... That's okay. I'll be willing to tell you that. I don't... I think the first season is... You have to get through the first season. 
But season two to four is quite good. And there's still some good episodes in the first season. There's just a lot of, like... I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> this is not... This is uh, a different level than Doctor Who. You right. know what I mean? If you're used to watching, like, the fun Doctor with, like, a sonic screwdriver and just be like, let's just go through space and time. And this one's like, oh, these people have been massacred by an alien. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different vibe. Right. We, get, we can get to that. We can get to that. And I have a feeling a lot of the CGI from that show hasn't held up. So, but I, I find it funny that um, there was complaints about her the with the scissors. Yeah. Nowadays, there are whole movies based on the concept of a child stabbing things. I don't think there's anything what else in here that's really worth... I mean, there's little things like... This Level is one of the few episodes where there's no deaths. One so, of the few episodes. Yes. Or I guess other characters. Like, I mean, if you think of the caveman episode, the old woman dies. That's true. Um, and the um, and the Daleks one, you know, there's a few, few Thals that get killed and stuff, so... True. And the Daleks, you know, they get killed as well. So there's always only someone who dies. Yeah, fair. But in this episode, no one dies. Yeah. Um, it's also um, one of the smallest casts, because just yeah, the four of them. Just the four of them. And... Um, it's the, it, this is just from memory, like, this isn't trivia that I've looked up, but I'm fairly certain it's the only episode that is entirely in the TARDIS. Ever. Ever. Well, they, they leave at the end. Yeah, for a second. But I know what you're saying, but it's still filmed basically at the TARDIS. There are, there is another episode that I'm thinking of that is, like, 95% 95% in the TARDIS, mm-hmm. but it's got a bit more going on outside. Right. Yeah. But we'll get to that. We will. And they turn into rock people. What? Nothing. Um, they like rock people. Do you want to see the photo for next time? I feel like we've been talking for a while. Sure. Show me the photo. Okay, you ready? I think this is actually going to be one of our shorter episodes, but yes. Is it? Well, oh, so it's it's like a two-episode thing. Yeah. I think the thing about this episode is... Because we have to rate it before we look at the next photo okay. first. So, I think the thing about it is... It's a bit weak on, like... Bad guys and villains and, like, a solution. Because literally it's a button that's stuck. You know who the bad guys in this show? Each other. Susan. With the scissors. I cannot wait. There's going to be a moment where she leaves the show and we're all going to be very happy. Because um, obviously she's not in the recent Doctor Who. So she must leave at some point. Spoilers. Spoilers. Anyway, go on. Um, but I do think it's not too bad for character development. I think that yeah. they they kind of become a better team, but it just doesn't. It's just not very. Doesn't progress very logically. It's like they all hate each other, but now they're all friends. Mm-hmm. They've they've gone through this thing. They know they have to live with each other. Oh, Doctor, you're sometimes going to blame us for things, even though we save your life. That kind of thing. So. I'm not going to rate it that highly, if I'm honest. I can promise you I won't be. So out of 13, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give it... Oh my gosh, someone's going to like scream into their headphones. It's their favourite storyline. Yeah. But I like it. I don't. But I'm going to jump out with it and give it 3 out of 13. Whoa! <laughs> I thought I was going to be low. No! Jump out with 3, three oh, out man. of 13. Okay, I'm not going to change just because you did yours. I wish I had now because... <laughs> see, I, I get the feeling things are going to come up that are not going to be great because you've warned me Maybe, you know what? 
Tom no, no, Baker. It's done. You know what? In the moment, I said three. I'm taking the three. I was going to say five. Because I've rated everything about seven, eight, or nine-ish, I think. And I think it's okay, but I don't think the story makes as much sense as it could have. So yeah. I'm just going to give it a five, which is who? Peter Davidson. Okay. Very good actor. He still does some Doctor Who stuff. Cool. He does radio plays. True. Very good. John Perfect doesn't because he's dead. We're sorry if you liked this storyline. I don't think it makes sense. No. Which I mean, I think it does make sense... Uh, but I think there's a bit too many different things going on. Or maybe it just wasn't communicated clearly enough for me, and that's why I'm the fool. It's probably William Hartnell's fault. He does just stuff up his lines a lot. <laughs> I still enjoyed watching it, because I thought parts of it were fun. Like, Susan with the scissors. That should be a meme. Yeah. And also, like, I see things that will come up that I'm like, oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that jacket is from those famous people. <laughs> And stuff like that. I have seen on BritBox, you know how they show an image for the episodes upcoming? Yeah. They look like they're going to be pretty rad. So I'm looking forward to it. And I also said rad because this is a show from 1963. Are you ready? I'm ready for the image. Is this for the next episode? No, I I deliberately didn't. It's the next story arc. Okay. Now, I deliberately didn't pick the big bad because we know there's a giant footprint. So there's going to be something there. And I didn't want to show you that So you already know what it is. Well, I just figured... So so I've, is, I've, already read, I've already read about the story, but okay. I don't know exactly what the creature is. Okay. I will describe the image. Okay. <laughs> it's William Hartnell looking slightly annoyed. He's standing behind a man who looks like an extra from a Robin Hood play. And there's also people in the background who... Look like they're from like a like three. They're in the back of three hundred. You know, like extras in three hundred. It's a collection of people from time. Yeah, and is that Susan. what it is? Oh, that's Susan. <laughs> I didn't recognize her without the scissors or the screaming. That's true. She doesn't look very screamy there. Um, I'm gonna. I, I. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the story. So I can't tell you if you're right or wrong. I don't think he's the one with the footprints from, though. He looks like a person. But I'm going to guarantee that in this shot, it makes me think that that guy's going to walk away at some point and the doctor's going to look at the camera again. Oh, you can see it, though, right? Yeah, he's going to he... walk off and he's going to be like, mm, yes, and then he's going to look at the camera. Yeah, but is he meant to or is he just not a great actor at that moment in time? Someone just unsubscribed because you said he's not a good actor. I'm hey, just saying. hey if, if those are the kind of people listening, I don't want them to listen. Now, let me just double-check the number of episodes. I take it back. Please as... stay with us. We, we love you. We need as many people as we can get. Um, what? Nothing. <laughs> Please. Um, before we leave, uh-huh. let me just make sure how many episodes in the next s- series. So, there's seven episodes in Marco Polo. That's the next story. So, we'll probably split four and three again. Yeah, sounds good. So, we'll do that. Is it four and three or three and four? What works in terms of the story? Um, well, because I haven't really read up about the story. You don't want to. Why don't I message you? Yeah, but don't ruin it for yourself. Let's just pick a number. Four or three, go. Can I t- I've got the, t- the titles. So let's base on the titles. Ready? Go. So the first is called The Roof of the World, then The Singing Sands, then 500 Eyes, then The Wall of Lies, then The Rider from Shang 2. Then the Mighty Coop... I, th- I think four episodes. Yeah. Because the last three sound like three 
like, big things. Yeah. Also, we probably want to discuss the whole story arc as a whole when we get to the end. Yes. So we'll do four episodes next episode <laughs> of the podcast. We'll do four episodes of the next story arc in the next episode of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. this is clear. Thank you, William Hartnell. Very well <laughs> and clearly explained. Hey, hey, I didn't get tongue-tied or anything. Um, so if you've listened to this and you're like, hey, this is all right. Um, I'm a fan of scissors. I'm a fan of scissors. And I like seeing someone stab a chair repeatedly and then faint. Um, why not just subscribe and then tell all of your friends and give us a rating on iTunes or Facebook. Or what is, what is it? We're gonna YouTube. Be, we're going to be on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. We're going to be on everything. Matt doesn't know this yet, but we will be. I'm going to be pushing it hard for no reason. I've got Facebook and Twitter ready. I seem to add some Ooh, of our images. I'll do the other things. Um, but I hadn't thought about Insta. Oh, we could add the photos of the things. Of course. Okay, so we will have Instagram. Yes, and I'm going to be putting... I'm going to put a little more effort into the YouTube video so it's not just... Okay, so you know how last time I said... We said in the episode we wanted certain things done in the video? Yeah. So for this one, can you just have... The image of Susan like stabbing. That's the just the image. So you don't have to like have a video in it because okay. it's probably copyrighted or something. But have you could have the photo. Doctor Who copyrighted? Are you sure? <laughs> and then um, just every now and then her her arm um, just goes down and back up like she's stabbing for the whole episode. For the whole episode. Okay, done. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally you can just switch who's she's stabbing, like who's witnessing the stabbing. So you can chuck in Barbara and then Ian. Right. Um, but yeah, just. Uh, that stabbing of the chair, it's just a classic. Let's say every five or so minutes it'll suddenly stab. <laughs> and see if people notice by the time they hear us talk about it. Um, yes, so um, you can follow, follow us on all those social media things. I'll put it in the episode description. Or you'll put it. It'll, it'll go on the episode description. On all of our social media, we'll have a link tree. Yeah. And that'll link us. That'll show you where all of our stuff is. Yes. And we'll have a pod link, which is where all the different podcast streams are you can find them as well i believe you yeah that's what i had for the, my other podcasts my other less successful oh, podcast I'm, oh i'm sorry yeah this is my I'm second sorry. podcast everyone definitely wow. is my third but hey we're sorry we're wasting your time now <laughs> everyone have a good week we'll see you next time we'll see you next time what are you doing i'm reversing the polarity of the ultrasonic screwdriver's power source reverse the polarity reverse 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 the polarity i just reversed the polarity Reverse, 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 reverse,